well-being of uh, women in the workplace is not always uh, easy to find and uh, it's different from job to job and today we will uh, talk about uh, how nurses deal with work and their well-being hi i'm mina kandar founder of wellness all seasons with mina podcast welcome and to talk about this i have an awesome guest she is shirin lovegrove she is an other pregnancy and mental fitness coach welcome and thank you so much for accepting my invitation Oh, thank you, Imimi. It's so lovely, lovely to be here and to and to be with a like-minded spirit. Yeah, thank that, you. I mean, that's so nice because you've already been telling me a little bit about what you what you do and and how you're so interested in health and well-being and yeah. focus your whole essence on that. Really, yes, uh, we are here to empower each other as women, and this is the goal of uh, Wellness All Seasons uh, with Mina podcast. Mm. I am passionate about uh, well-being, physical and mental well-being. And in the beginning, I started from my own experience. But uh, I noticed that as women, we have uh, many challenges. And sharing um, this with other women uh, is uh, very interesting. And from you, my guest, uh, I'm discovering a lot of challenges uh, uh, that women uh, meet in life. And uh, Wellness All Seasons is global. So the listeners are global and the guests are global. And it's interesting to know uh, how women deal with challenges in uh, different uh, places in the in the world and sometimes we notice that we have the same challenges and today I am curious to know uh, uh, about uh, the well-being of nurse because before you have been a nurse so if you can Mm -hmm. talk about it and Mm -hmm. why now you are interested in uh, uh, coaching uh, pregnancy, pregnant mom, and uh, of course, there will be in, in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Wow, well, so I mean, it's a big topic. It's yeah, it's topic. interesting, it's interesting. But you said something which is really, really powerful there and very helpful, um, is that, you know, we do... Uh, there are many things that women experience and we have a commonality with women, right? And we're women and traditionally women in traditional roles, we evolved in traditional roles as the caretaker, right? Sure. A caretaker that came naturally to us because as we evolved in society for millennia, we were allocated roles, right? Mainly roles on what it is that we did. And what we did as women was we bore children. And that meant that we ended up to be in the space where we were more, we kind of you fall in that role, right? Mm. And you don't move out of that role because that's how culture then sets it up. There's an expectation that that's how women must be, right? And with that, 
it creates different levels of status. Mm. And I think that this is something that's really, um, really important because I think that many women that go into nursing, and I certainly went into nursing because I liked to care. Mm. And when I went, I started nursing in 1980. And uh, what was really interesting is that the salary was so small. And in South Africa, this we were classified as domestic, not professional, domestic, which meant that they could keep our salaries low. Mm. Now, as a nurse, you care. You get told that as a nurse, You've got to obey lots of rules, right? And because you grow up in a society or in a in a culture that has the rules that you can't hurt people, that you must care, women got caught in a very limited capacity. Mm. And I think that that in itself meant that a lot of women struggled, struggled to move beyond where they could be because of the limitations and certainly when I when I trained there were not many female doctors mm. right? and the but a lot women, of nurse yeah there were a lot of nurses but not so many male nurses at yeah. the time right so there was this job thing <laughs> men <laughs> didn't go and become a nurse because that was a domestic job right my father, when I told him I wanted to become a nurse, didn't speak to me for six months. Wow. Literally did not want to know me, right? For six months, he was just so upset that I went. He told you why? Well, he just said, you know, you're just basically cleaning after other people. <laughs> or maybe Which... he, he want you, wanted you to do another job, not to... To be a nurse. Possibly. And, I, I, and I'm not disagreeing with that. But what I am disagreeing with the fact is that the idea, and he told me that it was a menial job. Mm. So caring was menial. Caring was something that was an expectation and caring required you to do a lot of horrible things. And yes. I, and, yeah, yeah. And I think when you care with, uh, you take care of others, you can forget yourself. And oh, your future. Exactly. Well, this is what happened. I mean, what happened is you start, you know, when you when you find that you're in a role that now you've moved into, you, the, and I'm going to say there is a level of power when you're in a role where you can where you can um, take care of somebody. And we don't necessarily like to think that nurses can be controllers, mm. <laughs> but we can, right? And the thing is, what we want to do is create an environment that becomes safe for us. So one of the things that starts to happen is you you learn a lot of things in about how to how to do pressure pot care, how to do all sorts of things that then allow your patients to be safe. But what happens is the people that are running the hospitals, running um, the situations, are not really paying attention to what's happening in the ward. And, and what so about... What yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, but it's uh, related to the situation. But what uh, you, they prepare everything for the patient to be safe. And what about the nurses uh, and your well-being in this? Uh, no, place? no. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I ended up, I remember having a, 
a really interesting conversation with someone, <laughs> which was, uh, yeah, I had, a, basically, I had, I was kind of partly in, in charge of the ward, um, being a senior nurse. And when we did night duty in my training, you would do up to something like 15 nights without a break. And you'd be doing 12, 12 hour shifts without a break. And then you'd have three days off and then you'd have an, you know, another shorter time and then you'd have five days off and then you'd have you know, a little bit shorter, but you were definitely doing more nights. I think I clocked up something like, a, I mean, almost like, a, I, can't, I can't remember exactly the amount, but if you think of a 15 night stretch times wow. 12, that's how many hours that, that was in that month. But I still had had just three nights off and then another set. So, and, and I remember being so tired one night and I said, look, I know that I'm the senior nurse here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just have half an hour. I'm going to go into the side room and I'm just going to be there for half an hour so that I can, if you need me, I'm here, right? You yes, need me. Yeah. We were allowed to take an hour to leave the ward to go down and eat, right? I thought in my mind, half an hour where I was just tired and I made the responsibility that I was here for my nurses if they needed me. Of course, the matron came in and she went wild. And I said, how is this different? I'm here. They can call me. I would have to run a mile because our hospital was a mile long. I would have to run a mile to get back to my ward. Wow. How is that more responsible, irresponsible? And then she said, well, you were paid. You were paid for all these hours. And I said, no, I'm not paid for all these hours. Yes, and You're money money uh, does not replace uh, your no. need of rest and your need of... Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I used to go <laughs> because I was so... Because you, you're in the state where you're there all the time. I mean, I was on a pediatric ward at the time. Um, you get these little bleeps all the time going. I was in bed at home hearing bleeps all the time. That's how stressed mm. I was. Yeah, it's a lot and, of um, stress. Yeah. And, there, and when I grew up, there wasn't very much care for nurses. There wasn't very much care for nurses. Mm. The problem, um, if, you, if you don't rest well, how can you, can you be... Uh, ready to take care of others because uh, especially um, patients uh, yeah it's hard it's hard because yeah. your your mood is not as good as it could be you're not as resourceful as you can be um yeah i think you start to get i mean i i was lucky in the sense that i very seldom got sick but i think that was probably because i was high on adrenaline all the time <laughs> <laughs> so I I was kind of lucky in that in that in that form, but I certainly found that my motivation was a lot less. I couldn't think, oh, what would I like to do with my future? So in yeah. in this case, how were you feeling about the situation and regarding how the reaction of your father? You did not notice that maybe it was for your well-being that he did not uh, talk to you when he uh, noticed that you will be a nurse. Maybe <laughs> he is aware of about the situation. I mean, I, I I can perfectly understand where he's coming from. 
Um, and I and I and I look at think, yeah, that's that's is. But I'm going to be really honest. That wasn't what he was thinking. Mm. <laughs> to be honest, he decided it was less than right. Ah, it okay. was less than who I could be. Ah. Um, instead of this is a this is a possibility of jumping and developing, right? And even though I said, you know, at the time, I said there's more to nursing than you really understand. He kind of just dished it, right? But it did do one thing, is it did start me to start thinking about how to think and be like a doctor, right? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it made me learn. It made me um, want to know what was going on. It made, you know, the one thing that I really found that for me, I think is my gift, <laughs> is that I want to know why something happens. I don't want to just know what something does i want to know why and the why is what has always led me to be a seeker and mm. always led me to look for things and and wonder why um and then try and then having because i think when you start wondering and you start looking this starts to kind of connect you to lots of ideas to that have you answers wouldn't to, yeah wouldn't ordinary think about so you go you start to go left field you start to think outside the box mm. in a way yeah, and when you uh, notice that your well-being is not um, as you want, you need rest. How many years do you, uh, have you been uh, in nursing? You told oh, me. Oh wow! So, okay. So I I think what what's the the mm, I don't think I realized that I was burning out for a long yeah. time. Yeah, this is what I want to <laughs> because know. On one level, you really love your work, right? You really love doing what you're doing. You're getting, you're getting the 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 the, the bit that you're craving, which is people say thank you, right? Thank you for looking after me. They will, you know, they will sort of praise you. They and I was starved for that because I didn't really get that growing up. Mm. Right? My mother was a perfectionist. She wanted everything to be perfect so therefore I was always missing the mark right because she built she moved everything higher and higher and higher so if I got like 80 percent for something well why didn't you get 100 you know this was kind of the story that I had to live with all the time and so for me actually having people just praise me or thank me for doing something really gave me a high Right. Yeah, it was, it, positive. This, it, it, it was positive. This it was positive. For, yeah, but the positive. But the thing is, the motivation isn't coming from a place of fullness. Mm. The motivation is coming from a place of lack. Exactly. And it's okay to not know and be curious and enjoy it, but coming from a place of fullness. But when you when you're looking and striving because you're trying to fight in a way, mm. trying to fight your place, trying to make you know this is me, be who you are that then creates a huge amount of stress on the body. And I think that's the huge amount of stress that caused the imposter. And what are the conditions that push you to fight? Because you, you choose to be a nurse in the beginning, you like it, but you notice that the context of work well, was, the context not, was, yeah. was not good for you. Well, and, I think there was also, also a hierarchical stru uh, structure, yeah. you know, Mimi, Mimi, sorry to interrupt. Um, the hierarchical structure where there was doctors and nurses 
and there was a, there wasn't an ability at that stage to be able to have honest discussions with them right they were telling you what you needed to do and nobody was really helping the nurses nobody was standing up for the nurses yeah mm. and it was still it, it was, now, it was still now uh... i think it's very different i think mm. there's still difference but we've been having you know we've been having um strikes now mm. uh with with nurses and it's really interesting to listen to the conversations which is again well they shouldn't do that because that will say that will kill lives right lives are at stake they mustn't strike And what was really interesting is they don't think twice about, you know, bus drivers striking or train drivers striking so that the nurses have got to pay extra to get there, right? Yeah. Caring society, people have to pay extra because of a train strike or whatever. But there's nothing, you know, it's it's always allocated to, well, it's them that's damaging lives, right? Mm. So it's almost like there is this, even in society even in in whatever there's just not this real respect for nurses mm. real and respect you, for what they do yeah, yeah. and uh, you what did you do when you noticed all these things what did you do i think well i did a lot of things i sucked it up for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, i eventually i mean what probably really changed for me was um we had been i had worked certainly in 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 south africa for in icu for like quite a while i had accumulated nearly four months paid leave unpaid paid leave and when i asked for the leave they said no and i said well no how can you give someone else that and not give it to me you can't give oh, one and yeah. not the other and then i kind of said but you know one thing you should never have allowed this paid leave to accumulate mm. right there should have been some rules that this wasn't there and at that moment i realized there was no interest there was no explanation there was no interest there was no real regard for me so i left and i came to england and then i realized that the, i was meeting the same hierarchical system back then Wow, it's not the same so now. it's common. It's common even if <laughs> South Africa <laughs> United Kingdom. It was is, worse uh... here. It was worse here. I could put up drips there. I could put up IV therapy. I could do a lot of things which was expected of a second year nurse. Uh, I couldn't do that here. And in you, you know, when when you came back to United Kingdom, you wanted to exercise uh, nursing. I, went, I did nurse. I did nurse for yeah. a little while, but it wasn't for long. Yeah. <laughs> I realized. I realized that the clock was ticking. So because I you thought... che- you 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 moved to find better, but the problem it was the same thing. So it was the same. I yeah. yeah, and and I also had to realize I was the same. I didn't realize it at the same the time. I was just transporting me. Yeah, <laughs> with the same <laughs> mental mindset, the same. system and what happened for i mean i did i did work in a in a in in a in a clinic doing lots of overtime lots of all sorts of things um but while i was there i developed ibs and that because i spent a lot of time on night duty and uh, and i didn't really sleep during the day and i think when i realized that one of the one of the staff that had been on had left for 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 about six months i never got ibs And I realized, oh, this is this is stress. 
this has been brought yeah. on by stress. And you have said uh, something interesting that uh, I want to want you to talk about. You said you you moved, but yes, you are you you yourself. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's interesting because uh, we move from place to place, and we are the same, but. Uh, we learn from our experience. Mm. So for you, when you said uh, you, you, the mindset, everything uh, was the same. So you thought that there was, there were something to change in yourself, yeah. about yourself uh, and what it is. Because uh, uh, of course, when we move, we think that uh, we will find everything different and sometimes when we look to ourselves we notice that maybe our behavior or our um, uh, mindset is not uh, yeah what people yeah. see are seeking yeah i and and i think that yes thank you for picking that up because I, yes, you can't, you have to realize wherever you go, wherever you go into a new place, you, there you go to, right? And what do you bring into that new place? If it's the same you, you're going to suffer with the same problems, right? You'll stay there until something wakes you up and you realize, ooh, I need to change. And I think what happened was that was my first connection. Uh, all right, the IBS is caused by something that's somatic right? It's something to do with this. This is my fear, my emotions that are going on. And I realized that I was experiencing the same kind of sense of being subjugated by a controller, uh, you know, somebody that was, that was a perfectionist and picking, little picking things, which I thought, yeah, this is kind of like my mother. And I realized that I, I had left home, but I had, I'd carried on with the same mother I put myself in these environments, right? Mm. And so I started doing NLP. I started doing um, self-development on some level. I'd also done some um, body-mind work. So I had done some, some reflexology and massage, which had really opened my mind to looking at the body very differently. And I mm. thought, oh, this is quite different from how we look at patients, yeah? Yes, because the the mind the reflects yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. in impacts our body as well yeah. so yeah. maybe your well-being uh, in the workplace as a nurse was not only impacted by what is going around you but also your mindset yeah yeah mm. i mean I, and i can honestly say you know we all have a critical voice don't we <laughs> always we, <laughs> every yeah. one of us have especially a critical voice. when we want to be perfect <laughs> it's not yeah perfect. exactly exactly when you run a perfectionist driver that yeah. can really set you up for so many things so many things but what always sits underneath that is the is the desire and the craving to be liked and loved right mm. it's always about that and that's and when you get that, you can mistakenly, you can mistakenly, some kind words that someone says can mistakenly be that you you make a bigger deal out of it than it is, right? So mm. you can end up in, in relationships that are not healthy for you. Of course, Because you're yeah. craving mm. what started off as, 
as as an idea as someone liked you, but actually, yeah, <laughs> they liked and maybe what you were doing, but not who you are. Yeah. yeah, and when you started to work on yourself to read about your personal development, etc., you started to feel. Uh, how do you? Where you feeling at this moment when you started to work on yourself? I think there there were a couple of things. Is one was I realized there was a different world that then from what I what I expected. I realized that I didn't have to be in this environment in order to be something, in order to care, in order to do whatever it is that I that I came here to do. Um, although I loved the nursing, it was really to do with the fact that I it was a, a vehicle for me to care. It was a vehicle for me to to belong in some way. And also and, because you have always a good feedback from uh, patients. Yeah. And you, yeah. you you felt that you are in need of this, to, to receive this kind of uh, thank you, you did well, yeah. all these yeah. things. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that is when, you know, I, I, we, we didn't really, I've touched a little bit about imposter syndrome, but imposter syndrome is where you, use outward out you learn as a child you learn to do for others in order that you can be praised in order that you can receive so you're not doing it in the essence of thinking about what do they need you're thinking what do i give them so that i can get something back it's right? difficult <laughs> which is a really different um thing so you can end up being you know the person that does lots of organizing that that mm. you know that 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 is always doing 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 or in my case i was always doing always seeking to study so that i could prove to my dad that i was good enough right that i wasn't just a nurse <laughs> yeah it's interesting because when we start to learn we grow and we start to have um, other ideas and yeah. i want and also uh, other opportunities. So yeah. what did you do in this case when you started to to learn more, to to feel good because it helped you to feel uh, yeah. that you well, I, can do other yeah, I things? Started to, yeah, I started to go into, into a new world. And, and I think what really was um, helpful was I started to do some meditating I started to do activities connecting more with people that were that were involved with 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 self-development yeah you know there are a lot of hits and misses because there were still a lot of patterns that needed to be changed um, and you got and, out of your uh, comfort zone because you yeah you were limited in the nursing uh, environment and you started yeah. to to meet other people, to connect with the other environments, and it's very helpful. It was very yeah. helpful for you. Yeah, it it, it shifted, and I did mm. I did go back to South Africa for a couple of months, for four months, and then I came back, and I then just shifted. Um, I had left I had left the place that I was working, um, and. You know, when I came here, I was on a on a on a work visa, on a permanent residence. So um, the way it was scheduled was that I could only work with that one employer. So in a way, you were kind of constrained to some degree. And mm. I always knew that I was going to probably stay in England. So um, 
that was always going to be the case. So I, I wanted to have the citizenship, which is what I, how I how I went about it. But I think what was really powerful for me, even though there were lots of shifts and, and you know, I had moved from, you know, almost the same situation, was the culture in England was very different. Mm. It was very different from South Africa. And I was able to walk around and be. And I think that was the first time I actually could breathe. Wow. And the first wow. time I realized that I was in a much better place, I used to bite my nails ferociously. It's and I realized I was, looked at my nails one day and I thought, God, they're long. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that actually for the first time that I had actually stopped biting my nails and I hadn't even had a conscious thought about it. It just happened. And, I, and that was kind of a memory that I remember biting my nails because I needed to feel the pain in order to stay in my body. Wow, wow. And once I kind of realized that, um, I thought, oh, I must be living more in my body now because I don't need to chew my nails in order to feel safe, in order to exactly, have yeah. some form of control, right, wow. for me. You, you um, see, you, you, the shift you have uh, experienced is, was very interesting. Completely. Yeah, you, you kind of notice these things. And, and although these things happened, that happened pretty quickly after I came there, uh, came to England, I kind of knew that that was kind of that sealed a little bit of the fact that I wasn't going to go back into that environment there. I just didn't realize I was still carrying a lot of stuff. Yeah. But when once that change happened, it was it was it was amazing. When, when I made the decision that I was going to leave and I made the decision to come back, I knew that I was I, there were things that allowed me to do that was to know that, you know, I, I had made sure that I put things in place so that I could easily walk into a job. I could easily do things. And I gave myself that opportunity to be very flexible, but also gave myself the minimum criteria I needed that I could walk into a job. And so yeah. that was that yes, was important you, to me. You took your everything in your, your uh, in control, your life, yeah. your time, everything, and yeah. you started to decide what is good for you, what you can do, what you can do, where you want to be, etc. And yeah. this is uh, because you worked on yourself, you learned yeah. And uh, you started to see uh, many opportunities. And I think uh, it's interesting to know that we are not obligated to stay in one place. We can change, yes. we can uh, uh, expand, grow. And uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. And I, and I think we're living now, uh, and I think that's it, the important thing, is we're living now where people will do three or four or five careers in a lifetime because we have that opportunity, yeah? And obviously the more flexible you are, the, I, th I think there's something about really making sure you get you home in on skills that are going to support you. So I think for any young person, it's really important that you get really interested in something that will you then build a foundation, whatever that something is. If you like doing art, really home your skill, right? because that's your gift, that's your talent, so to speak, but it only becomes something that is really powerful is when you start to build it as a foundation. Once you've got the foundation, 
you're able to jack, you're able to move from there, lift off. You can go into all sorts of areas, but that foundation is so, yeah, I, I, I think what's really important is once you've built that foundation, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is that it gives you a sense of confidence mm-hmm. and it also gives you that platform. Um, I think what nursing has done for me has given me ability to be able, you know, I was incredibly, even though I, uh, I was kind of quite a loner, in the sense, I don't know how I ended up. I was in this 2,000-bed hospital with 36 theatres. Um, pretty pretty much, you know, we had we had five different ICUs um, and specialist un- and other specialist units. And I, I in my three and a half years, I was able to go into every one of them. Now, I didn't go into 36 theatres, but there would be general surgery, there would be you know, yeah. medical surgery, there would be cardiothoracic surgery. I was able to be in all of them, all those specialities. So I got to have this absolute unique way of seeing how the body was connected, right? So if I saw something, if I could see someone's blood pressure was dropping down, I would know their kidneys are going to be affected mm. if it dropped lower than a certain amount right I know that they won't be able to breathe properly so you get to get a sense of what is changing very rapidly and that gives you a very global idea about health and well-being Mm. because you see everything as a system Uh, and health is a system right it's not just one thing yeah of course yeah yeah and uh I'm curious about uh, because you you this when you started to work on yourself to learn to be interested in uh, um, all what about mind after uh, the connection between mind and body you decided to do uh, other things because you are mental uh, pregnancy and mental fitness coach. Mm-hmm. This choice comes uh, from your uh, decision to do other things uh, after. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was already a trained midwife mm. and I loved my midwifery. And it, and we were the first unit in South Africa that actually, and, I, and I'm not sure if it was in the world, that actually had what we called a, 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 um, a natural birth unit. And I got to be in the natural birth unit a lot. So it gave me a sense of confidence. And I got, and I do remember um, having a discussion with a very wise lady and she was busy telling me, you know, I be- she said to me, I believe that this birth can be like my first birth. So I said, well, we were, we were standing, she was going, you know, she was sitting on the toilet and I was basically <laughs> monitoring her that she was okay. And she said, my first birth was an orgasmic birth. Wow. I had the best orgasm I've ever had in my life. <laughs> now, for 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 a young twenty two year old, pretty naive, this was a bit mind blowing for me. Was this possible? I didn't know this was possible. And what really and and I what I didn't think about. Well, actually, they all pass down the same way. <laughs> you know, that orgasm, of course, was like the same thing. But it was just that. That one thing that made me think about orgasmic births. It made yes, me think because that it... it's something new that it happens for the first time and it's concrete. Uh, 
a newborn given a newborn it's something uh, magic it's magic to give a newborn maybe uh, it's not the same thing as uh, uh, another sense of um, pleasure because we suffer at the same time we yeah when we give birth to baby we suffer physically we suffer for some moments so maybe it's the first realization to give uh, um... yeah i mean from what you we see terrible movies about women screaming and yeah (laughs) how will they ever have a child and yet they forget but the thing is is that there is there is a way of converting that pleasure into pain that pain into pleasure or pressure into pleasure um and there's also about a mindset shift she mm. she was relaxed she was chilled she was fine so for her there was the contraction was just a pressure right mm. she didn't think about a contraction as oh my god this is pushing down and so i learned a lot and that stuck in the back of my mind and I, you know, I carried on doing things um, in my midwifery, but there were things that I started to see that started to make sense about this idea of a conscious birth, how we approach birth, all of these things. So when I, after I had left and gone and done intensive care, and then I'd come to, I'd come here, once I'd left nursing, I, and had started doing hypnosis and NLP more as a, as a psychotherapist. I wanted to do something called the gentle birth. I wanted to do work that was around women. Yeah. And <clears throat> and I wanted firstly to empower women because if women in birth are empowered, mm. then other things change quite dramatically, right? We know that once you have an illumination and you then follow that through and you get other expectations or other, you get the changes you expect, you sort of predict that more are going to happen in that way. And so what I started to recognize in that gentle birth is that we were able to get people to have, people that were really struggling to have a good birth, right? They yeah, come because... back and say, well, there was a little bit of discomfort, but actually it was a damn fine birth, right? Yeah. There were struggles. They enjoyed their birth and that brought pleasure to my life. It's interesting uh, what you have said, because uh, um, what about, uh, I'm thinking about uh, professional uh, women who are pregnant and uh, the well-being in workplace when we are pregnant. And uh, sometimes there are, uh, there is a lot of stress. Um, and the problem most uh, I noticed when I was working a full-time uh, job, uh, there are some colleagues who, uh, one colleague lost her baby. Uh, it was the first baby because of the stress, <clears throat> etc. And some of them, um, well-being in this period was critical in the workplace because mm. Uh, mm. Um, even if she was in a period of um, pregnancy, she still had a lot of work, deadlines to meet. And there are a lot of pressure and stress. What do you think about well-being in workplace uh, regard uh, of a pregnant mom? Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it is such a challenging place because the workplaces are not designed 
for women necessarily, right? They're designed for stress, 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 stress. Men like competition. Men mm. like to do, right? That's, that's healthy for their body. They need a certain amount of that for themselves. But for women, for women, if it's not used correctly, what happens is it causes our body to get incredibly stressed. Now, that doesn't mean we can't do a man's job. What we have to do is be aware of the the, the struggles, that internal struggle that sits need. with us. Yeah, yeah. be so, aware so, of the need, our needs as women. Yeah, yeah. That and, and part of that struggle is we are denying our needs, right? Mm. We're denying or we feel we can't tell our boss no, or we feel that we're going to lose uh, we're going to, you know, they're going to fire us. And I know quite a few women that have come to see me because they've been fired because they were pregnant uh, or demoted. And that's just absolutely disgusting. But the thing is, there are a lot of reasons that pe women will not stand up for themselves and not take the time they need. And it may be that prior they've set up a relationship, which is what it is. They've set up a relationship in that environment and they don't feel they can break the contract. Mm. And that's what causes them a huge amount of stress. So they can't, they don't go and take their time out. They don't take their antenatal things. They don't eat properly. They don't walk around and do things. They, and a lot of the time, they don't even really talk about their pregnancy. Yeah, uh, just uh, one thing, because I have uh, done another episode about um uh, well-being of uh, pregnant uh, during pregnancy and after and it was interesting to understand that when women are are pregnant they pay attention to what they eat etc because they thought about the baby the, their yeah they're thinking the about the baby yeah yeah but after when they get the baby they start to eat as before so yeah. um during <clears throat> pregnancy women pay attention to take care of themselves uh, depending not on all women not, not all, all women yeah but there is a percentage some. there are some that may, that may that may be so excited that they will but not everyone and mm. often then it's geared at the baby and not at them which is exactly what you've said and how many women, you know, I remember a friend of mine saying, well, I'm just really waiting for my glass of wine when I'm finished. <laughs> when oh, <yeah>. I, stop. <laughs> I want my glass of wine. <laughs> so there are things that were there that is almost like, hey, I'm being, you know, this is, this is kind of like, I'm happy, but I'm also not happy, right? Mm. I feel as though I'm, I'm being forced into things which I don't want to do. And so you're quite right. A lot of, there are a, a big percentage of women that do, do that and one of the things which is that's which is why i said really it's the setup before what's happening just before um about your choices about being pregnant your choices about what kind of mother do you need to be for your baby not just for the nine months or mm. until you finish breastfeeding but what kind of mother do you need to be to create the best environment for both yourself and the baby. And I think what we forget is that we are, we the baby and you are one. You are a complete entity until that baby is born. 
So whatever happens to you happens to that baby. But for the first month afterwards, you're still that connected, right? Energetically, you are still that connected to your baby, that what happens to you will automatically happen to the child. After that, there's a kind of a separation that starts to happen and the baby, and you don't have as much of that pull, but it's still there. I mean, it's, it's always get, you're always connected to your child, but it, the, the, the intensity is different. Uh, so I think what's, what's really important is that the moment you either choose or, or thinking about getting pregnant, you've got to be looking at what's going on right now. Right. Yeah, because what? there there are a lot of changes in our body in yeah. uh, how we feel. So yeah. regarding uh, the well being during this period, physical and mental well being of women uh, pregnant in this period, and what is going in the workplace, what do you think is uh, uh, doable, possible, to have balance? during this period and uh, not uh, be stressed so as not to impact uh, her uh, physical uh, well-being mm. because it can uh, have uh, bad sequences. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so th I think, as we said, that, that, that ability to know that um, you, are, you and your baby are, are one is a really good thing to keep as a reminder because that gives you a, a sense of reverence of 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 to the this whole beautiful thing that you're creating right you're creating a whole new being that is also you part of you and you are being birthed in the same process right so if you can't start seeing that as i'm rebirthing me and i'm rebirth and i'm birthing a new child means how can i re have reverence for that and Interesting. I think, so for me, that's a really key um, notion to carry. And I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that is really useful is to be aware of, have some self-awareness. Mm. I think that's, that's the everything. real key. You, there's some self-awareness that needs to happen where you notice that something's not going, it, it might feel a little icky, it might feel a little not nice, that's what you've got to notice and that's what you've got to pay attention to because that is what causes the stress. So you want, so anything that's going to be the mismatch of what you want, yeah, and what you what you really believe is right for you and what you feel is going to be external to you as somebody yeah. else's stuff, then those are the things that are going to cause you to be distressed. And this and is think, what you name uh, mental fitness? Because yes. we, we use our mind to think about all these things so as to be aware uh, about... Well, mental fitness is really, it's really, I mean, mental fitness is, is, is based on, on, on the idea that we need to build the, the, the ground, the foundation for a healthy brain. Mm. Because when you, when you are in a, a healthy state of mind, then you have less less activation or less interference from those negative thoughts mm. and you have more support from your inner wise self and right? as you have said uh, you are aware 
about yes. uh, your needs, your desire, everything. When yeah. your mind is in a good state, you can do, uh, you have clarity <laughs> and you can uh, decide about everything and what you want. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, 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 I kind of always say to my clients, which is everything is perception. All right. Mm -hmm. Everything is perception. So what we perceive will be validated by how we behave in relation to that. So if mm -hmm. we see the world as a, as, as, as a place that's looking after us, then what's going to happen to us is not, we're not going to be afraid to ask for our needs to be met. Right. We're going to say, wow, they want to help me. So I'm going to ask for what I want. Right. And that will give you a sense of joy. It will give you that sense of being okay. But it also means that you start to live more purposefully. Mm. Part of mental fitness is really also recognizing that what you do, a lot of you build. Right. So if you do uh, a lot of uh, very short bursts, meditations regularly throughout the day, you build more, you charge your body, you charge mm. your brain, which means that you have more capacity to deal with things that are a little chaotic. So that's a really important thing. Taking a little bit of time out doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go and sleep on the shade yes. lounge. Yeah. No, it could be I'm just going to sit here for a minute and I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm just going to take a few nice deep breaths. Or it could be I'm just going to, I'm just going to rub two fingers together and just focus on my on my two fingers. Take a nice deep breath. It could be as simple as that. Forty seconds is enough. Exactly. I love to it. Change because, the brain. Right? Yeah, I love it's it. To change the energy. Yeah, I love it because I practice meditation and it's very helpful. Uh, I think uh, that uh, it's something that everyone can do, and it, it helps to to be serene to to let go from all the things that we can't control and uh, we focus on ourselves, our, yeah. our well-being. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can do it uh, in the morning, in the evening before going to bed. Um, yeah. And I think what's what's really, really important, I love to give this example. I gave this to someone yesterday. I want you to think of this, your hand as a representation of your brain. I don't know whether you have ever done this, but... Um, this would be your spinal cord. This yeah. would be your lower brain. So the, the medulla oblongata. This would be your emotional brain. This is the lovely amygdala that everybody talks about. And yeah. this is the top of your, this is the thinking part of your brain, right? Here over here is something that is called the anterior cingulate. And that is, allows the free flow of information to go from emotion to, uh, to your thinking center. Now, most of the time, if we think of our brain, we would be having our front over here and the back of sort of here, uh, down here and the spine, right? But you think about the fact that we receive hundreds of signals during the day. Mm. And in fact, our brain is designed to notice difference. It's designed to notice, oh, when somebody looks at you funny or someone says something funny, right? Or when you hear a loud noise, it's designed to notice that so fast that you can't notice it 
Mm. You don't know it yet, right? It's below conscious level. And when it triggers and you've got past history that's in trauma or something that's going on, it triggers this emotional center. And what happens is if it's loud enough, it'll do this. It'll keep triggering this emotional center, but where's this going, right? Now, whereas everything was lovely and fine, where's this head gone? Out, it's gone, right? This part of the anterior signal, signal cingulate actually stops information going here. Oh, so That's yeah. why it's so difficult to talk sometimes when we are so full of emotion. Mm. So the key is, the key is now our head's gone offline. A lot of the time we are doing so much mental thinking that our body is being separated, right? So, so by actually bringing ourselves back online, by actually just doing these micro movements of just paying attention to our body, brings our head back and it says to our body, hey, I'm back with you, right? Because our, head, our brain is part of our body. Yeah, and I think I actually think it doesn't belong, but yeah, it is part. It's joined here. Yeah, and I think when we master our emotions, we release stress and we feel uh, good because yes, uh, exactly. So the moment we can bring our head back to our heart, our mind and our heart become aligned, then what happens is you start to get connection between the left and the right side of the brain. You start to get connection between the, the thinking brain and the feeling brain. And everything starts to work together. So simply, even just stopping and naming, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. This is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling anger or I'm feeling disappointed or I'm feeling brings the level of intensity right down. And this is where our mind makes the biggest difference because it does something amazing. It allows us to shift. It allows us to shift from one area to the other to get a resource and to hear the deeper truth that you're powerful, that you're capable. Yeah? Yeah. And it allows us to hear the deeper truth. Right now, I must go and take some rest. Right now. I must ask for what I want, right? For what I need for me and my baby. Yeah, and uh, I think, uh, as you have mentioned, for uh, pregnant uh, professionals who uh, deal with work, with uh, their change uh, in their body, etc., it's not easy to deal with all these things. And when the baby came out, came out <laughs> uh, she the, she started to focus on the baby and uh, sometimes she can forget herself yeah her yeah. well-being and what yeah. i noticed most of the time is that when women are pregnant uh, as you have said not all women but most of them they take yeah. care of themselves because they thought about the baby but after they are, they didn't sleep well because uh, they take uh, care of the baby night, day, etc. They gained weight. They start to feel tired, stressed, and uh, 
what do you advise your uh, clients about this and how to manage their well-being, their life of, as a mom, as a mm. working uh, full-time yeah. job sometimes? Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that. I think that the important thing is that they have a plan, all right, that they set up a plan. So, for example, it is really taxing. And, and, and you know, most mums, first-time mums especially, they don't know, right? They've never done this before. Right? Yeah, it's so a they, new, it's they a don't new know. experience. They're stressed, right? <laughs> and what happens if this baby's not not taking enough and has got a bit of colic and it's got a bit of all of those things? You know, the more relaxed you are, the more relaxed your baby's going to be. Remember, you're still a unit. It's you're true. Still a unit. So if you are relaxed and you're able to quietly, just gently talk to yourself, what happens is that we resonate with our parasympathetic nervous system and that tells us we're safe and that sound is very similar to the sound the baby hears in the muffled form when it's in the uterus so it relaxes so it it knows hey i know this sound I and it this. impacts it impacts the baby the behavior yes. of baby because i noticed i have <clears throat> a neighbor who has it was her first baby i have never hear the voice of the baby she was calm and when i met her she was smiling it yeah. was amazing yeah. and i noticed that her parents was very calm very let mm. go etc and after i she had another baby and it was different right right the women when i discussed with her she told me because it was it uh, she had uh, the baby during COVID, so she was at home all the time. Yeah. She was not stressed uh, in the workplace, etc. And after when she had the second baby, it was completely different because she started to work again and mm -hmm. a lot of stress, etc. And the baby re received all these feelings, and he was crying all the time. So yeah, you, yeah, it's he felt unsafe. What you have said, yeah, he wasn't connected, right? Yeah, and so I think that's really important, and I think that's a very valuable thing for women to understand is that one, you know, when you're at home, everything's okay. You know, you if you haven't got any stress, your babies are going to be much, much, much happier generally. But I also think if you are stressed in any way then your baby's going to experience that and it's going to feel fearful because you are not giving it the message. You're not talking to it, to it in the way that you would ordinarily talk to it. Mm -hmm. So it's hearing this mismatch. So if you are a second time mom and this is the situation, then the most important thing is you really need to set up good support systems, good support systems, because there's nothing wrong with being a working mom, right? There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. What's important is that you create stability, some form of stability for your baby so that your baby can feel safe at all times. And when you come home, that you're chilled, right? That you're mm. chilled and happy to see your child because your child will, be, will, will get to learn, oh, it's okay if she goes, right? Yeah. I've got this over here. There's somebody that takes care of me over here and they, they're nice and warm and gentle. That's great while I wait for mom, 
right? So yeah. all of these things will create a different form of relationship, but it will still give them what they need. So for our uh, my listener who are listening and they found themselves uh, in this uh, situation, what are the three tips that you can advise us to, uh, as a system, you have said to yeah. put uh, uh, systems in place. So for you, what are the three easy uh, tips to help them? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, for, 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 I mean, to put a system in place is, is really key. So you need to make sure you have, because we need the connections, you need to have people that are going to be there to care for you in some way or that they will bring food when you need food, right? That you've got three people that you've designated are going to be your helpers, right? And they're going to be there. They're going to be your people because they're going to be there for you. You really need to create this during your pregnancy so that that is there and it's up and running. That's really important. To, to, to also to not worry so much about the idea that everything's got to be perfect. You know, Jesus was born in a stable. A baby will be fine as long as it's warm and you're, you're available and there's some warmth and food available. So make sure that you've taken care of the basic needs that need to be there. The third one is you've got to manage you, right? You've got to manage you. Most You are the most important person here, not your baby. You are the most important because if you're not okay, it doesn't matter that baby's going to struggle. And that's the end of the, end of the story. So make sure you take time to really come into alignment with yourself, come into balance, look after yourself, eat well, Do, you know, pay attention to, I mean, a lot of people will think, I, I have so many people when I say don't eat wheat, they'll be eating biscuits because they think biscuits are not wheat. Well, you know, a lot of biscuits are wheat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I, I never forget, I have a swollen lady and I said to her, what are you doing? She said, well, I've been having this. And the husband said, but you've been eating biscuits. And she said, is there flour in there? I said, well, I think there might be. <laughs> I would never have known if the husband hadn't been there to tell me. But the thing is, I think we can be, we can, we can, we can not look and we can learn, we can sort of ignore or, or delete information uh, that would keep us on track. Mm. So I think it's just really just kind of looking and being very honest, listen to your body. I think if you listen to your body and you put your hand on, is this good for me? Is this really good for me? What I know? Okay, can I make a different choice? I think these are the kinds of things that will then keep you more in congruence with everything else. Because the more you can listen to you, the more you can hear you, the more you can listen to that, how your body's talking to you, the quicker you're going to be able to interpret when things are not okay. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all your uh, input, advice. And uh, it was uh, very interesting to uh, have this conversation with you. And uh, I'm sure that for the listener, it was very interesting. And I'm curious to know their aha moment and they can share uh, on Spotify or on Apple podcast and uh, share your experience as a mom or pregnant in the workplace at home. How do you feel and how you live 
the this period of pregnancy. Thank you so much. And thank uh, you for having me. It's been you lovely being here. You are welcome. It was a pleasure to have you and uh, to learn more about uh, being a nurse, the experience of uh, uh, practicing uh, this kind of job in the workplace and also moving from one place to another and uh, changing uh, the environment. And also thinking that when you move, you move yourself the same person. <laughs> it was yeah. interesting to think about it. And to start, we don't think about that, do we? Yeah. And start to learn to grow, to expand and discover other opportunities. And it's always doable to shift to do other things. If we don't feel great in what we are doing, we can change. And sometimes when we change everything, change for better and it's for every one who is listening so thank you so much for uh, everything thank you thank you for having me i would like to know your aha moment please share in the comment thank you so much for listening stay tuned i will see you in the next episode